those novelty socks and that bedazzled scarf not what you're hoping for this holiday season? Well, you're not alone. So reads an article from USA Today from earlier this year, right after last year's Christmas season. The title of the article, You're Wasting Your Money on Unwanted Gifts. More than $9.5 billion, it says, is estimated to be wasted every year, every Christmas, on unwanted gifts. So says a Finder.com survey. Annually, the average person wastes $71 on gifts no one wants. More than half of Americans, the survey says, don't like at least one gift they receive every Christmas and usually receive about two undesirable gifts every year. So which gifts strike out the most, according to the survey? Well, clothing and accessories weren't up to snuff for 46% of respondents. Household items were a far second, followed by cosmetics, fragrances, books, and then technology. And who are the horrible gift givers? Well, turns out it's our friends. They're followed by our parents, and then our in-laws, and finally, surprisingly, our partners. We hate buying for our bosses the most, according to the survey, followed by our mother-in-laws, the survey found. About one in five people say their significant other is hopeless to buy a gift for. Some of the unfortunate gift-giving isn't by mistake. One in ten Americans, 21% of men, 8% of women, admit that they intentionally purchased a crummy gift. Good job, guys. <laughs> but we can. After all, it is Christmas. We can all say that we love the time we spend with family, that spirit of togetherness we have this holiday season, right? Well, about 4% of you say that you don't like anything about Christmas. And about 1% say that their favorite part of the holiday season is getting drunk. Merry Christmas, everybody. Maybe you should go back out today and go shopping. And, you know, take back those clothes and accessories. There's something about this time of year that always raises our expectations and then crushes them with Christmas glee. So many expectations, yet often so much disappointment. What happens when you get an unwanted Christmas present or when you get nothing that you longed for? If it's a tie or a pair of shoes, you can return them, sell them to someone else, or just donate them to Goodwill. If it's a household item, maybe wrap it up and give it next, at next year's White Elephant Gift Exchange. But what if it's an unexpected message? What if it's this longing, this, this calling that you did not see coming? Last week we saw Zechariah unwrap such an unexpected message as the uh, angel Gabriel visited him. There in the corner, he's performing his ordinary priestly duties, just like he always does. And old Gabe shows up and says, hey, Zach, you're going to have a baby. Zechariah, as Rick says, freaks out. But here's the deal with Zachariah and Elizabeth. Yes, they're old. Yes, they're considered barren, unable to have children. But they were at least playing the game, so to speak. But what about Mary? Mary's not even married. She doesn't want a baby. Well, not yet. 
There's no discussion of her being barren because she's never tried. She's a virgin. And Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, greetings, favored one, which sounds to me a little like he's trying to butter her up. All the other times when Gabriel shows up, he starts with, do not be afraid. But with Mary, greetings, favored one. This isn't an easy message the angel is about to deliver. She could say, no, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. She wasn't looking, but God found her. And you will conceive in your womb, and it is will, by the way. This has not happened yet. God is not forcing God's will upon her. This is an invitation that Gabriel delivers. But it is some invitation. Who would say yes to this offer? If Mary was ready to have a kid, well, okay, I get it. If she really wanted one but hasn't been able to have one yet, okay, what a blessing. But this is out of nowhere, unexpected. It's not that she got a Christmas gift she didn't ask for. She's Jewish. She doesn't celebrate Christmas. (laughs) This is completely unexpected. No Santa is expected in her home. She's not longing for a message. She's not looking for a mission from God. She's minding her own business, going about her daily work. The other day I saw a, a painting of this story, the Annunciation, Had I finished the sermon before picking out the bulletin art, I would have printed a picture of it for you. But without a screen to show you, I just want you to imagine this painting. It was painted in 1995 by John August Swanson, a painter from L.A., commissioned by the Candler School of Theology of Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where it hangs now. He calls it The Visit. And it's tall and wide, sort of looks like a Richard Scarry drawing of busy town. There's so much going on, different vignettes all around the picture. People about their ordinary activities up in the corner. Kids are playing ring around the rosies with scarves in their hands. A nurse is in a building caring for a sick woman. A woman is washing clothes with an old, old hand clothes washer. Another is at the well drawing water. There are fishermen and a farmer out in the field sowing seed. And there at the bottom, way at the bottom right-hand corner, is a young woman. She's wearing a multicolored dress. She's got an apron with a picture of a big tree like that tree of Jesse. And she is feeding chickens in the yard, just scattering chicken feed. And there, walking up to her, is an angel, sort of sheepishly, holding a daisy. Behind that angel are two more angels holding bouquets of flowers. It's jarring in its simplicity. The world just going about just ordinary day feeding chickens and an unexpected gift arrives to Mary. Mary's initial response is disbelief. She's perplexed, we're told. How can this be since I'm a virgin? And old Gabe decides to explain it. Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He'll be called the Son of God. For nothing's impossible with God. And, well, I guess it kind of clears it up. But I'd still respond like Zechariah, freaking out a little bit. But how does Mary respond? The angel lets her in on God's secret mission for her life. Here I am, she says, the servant of the Lord. And in the words of Paul McCartney, let it be, let it be unto me 
according to your word. One of my favorite preachers, Barbara Brown Taylor, writes of this moment. She says there is a choice for Mary, whether to say yes to what Gabriel says or to say no, to take hold of this unknown life that the angel holds out to her or to defend herself against it however she could. She could deny it, resist it. She could have just said no, and that would be it. It's unexpected, unwanted, but let it be, she says. She responds in peace, this peaceful trust in God's mission for her life. And so it's Christmas morning. You unwrap the gifts, and all you seem to unwrap is disappointment. We spend so much time, don't we, wishing that things are not the way that they actually are, wishing we, wishing what we, excuse me, wishing that we could be something that we know that we will never be. We look at our situation, what life has dealt it, dealt us, and wish that it were not this way. We deny and we defend, and when the opportunity does present itself, we say no. I mean, who are we? We can't do that. Who? Me? Favored? By God? We can't see how God might be working within us and within this undesired situation because all we can see is what's right before us. So we deny it. We passively wait, but nothing changes. And then we hear Mary, Mother Mary whispers, Let it be. She didn't ask for this. She wasn't even playing the game. Yet here she is, Mary, favored by God. Mary, let it be. And there is this peace about here. Now, now I know there's a lot of paintings of Mary, and they're not actual photographs. Yet the one thing I think every artist seems to get right is they always paint Mary with this peaceful look about herself. Peace. Peace. It isn't passivity, you know. Peace isn't denial, ignoring reality, pretending the world isn't burning around you and just sitting quietly, idly by. Peace comes to us when we accept what is, when we accept the world as it is and, are in, and have the energy to live into whatever is next. We all have similar choices in our lives like Mary. Our choices often boil down to yes or no. Yes, I will live this life that is being handed to me. Or I will not. Yes, I will explore this unexpected turn of events. Or I will not. And you can say no. We can all say no to the life offered by God. But rest assured that if you do, no angels will be troubling you any longer. But if you say yes to God's offer, if you welcome it in this peace, if you accept God's mission for your life, then you, in the words of Barbara Brown Taylor, can take part in a thrilling and dangerous scheme with no script, no guarantees, you can agree to smuggle God into the world through your very body. So God has offered us a mission. What's your answer? Let it be unto me. If that's your answer, God's response is always the same with God. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Amen.